Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Strategy Podcast. I'm your host Rohit Chauhan and I'm incredibly excited to bring you today's episode. Today featuring as guest on the show is Anuradha Kumari. Anuradha is the global head of FP&A at PayU, which is one of the top and leading fintech startups in India and around the world. Anuradha before being elevated to this role was the chief of staff to the global CEO of PayU. and in this podcast she shares her insights on what makes the role so interesting how do you operate in an <clears throat> in an environment which is extremely challenging and how you can prepare yourself for this role these insights are incredible for any founding team founders and people interested to know more about this role so if you are interested to join a founders team or you're a founder looking to hire your next chief of staff don't forget to tune in Thank you, guys. I hope you will enjoy the podcast. When it comes to chief of staff, the aim is basically very simple. The aim is to be the person who is doing the time management, making sure that the decision making process is effective, that the information flow is effective. Okay, these are the three pillars on which we operate, and uh, the objective is to kind of free up bandwidth for your for the. CXO that you're supporting, uh, so that she or he is able to focus on few other more uh, you know business things. So that's the core objective. And every chief of staff will have a very different kind of uh, you know KRAs or their day to day is going to be very different. And it depends on the maturity of the organization and what is the need of the CXO who is actually creating this role. But it's very dependent on. what exactly is a company's requirements so uh, if you have to run us through a typical day at pay you you know how would it be like for you okay so for me i uh, i am personally from a, from the background of finance and strategy oh okay so therefore when i look at my chief of staff role i kind of align myself to those expertise of mine okay but all said and done chief of staff is also a role which will give you a lot of different exposures uh, so if i have to talk about my day a typical day as a chief of staff it would be you have to attend a lot of meetings <laughs> uh, these management meetings and actually that's the highlight of the job uh, you you get an exposure to everything that's happening in the organization from the perspective of business from the perspective of people that's one part of it uh then the second part of it is basically managing people uh it's an individual contributor role but i need to work with a lot of different teams and a lot of different stakeholders to get the work done so that kind of interaction forms a major chunk of my day like almost 20 to 30% of my time goes in goes in that okay and then for me the third bucket is basically finance and strategy i actually have two hats at my company one is the finance part and the other is the chief of staff so i i anyways have to keep doing this being this person who provides analytics who provides financial information stays on top of the numbers and all of those things so that is obviously a very important part of the job uh but then like i said it depends highly on what uh your company and your leader needs so for instance in my case um i got I, i got a chance to run the diversity and inclusion piece for payu 
so that's another thing that i uh, that i work at so there are like different aspects and if you see it it ranges from business to people and this wide spe- spectrum is what makes chief of staff a fun role oh very exciting and you know come to think of it there must be skill sets and experiences that you've picked along the way that has prepared you for this role so why didn't you t- uh, tell us a little bit about your early life and career and how has those roles and times that you've spent in different organizations or doing different things maybe your education background how has all all of it kind of come together for you to deliver on this you know extremely challenging cross functional expertise rela- expertise at the same time uh, you know that generalist idea that this role has how has it prepared you for it definitely uh so i have led my life by the rule of eliminations i hmm. uh, am an engineer by background <laughs> like a lot of us <laughs> um, but no, then no, immediately <laughs> right i know <laughs> um but yes i i spent like 4 years doing engineering but immediately after college i switched my fields into finance i entered a derivatives trading i did hmm. that for 2 years um uh, trust me it was my first exposure to markets and first exposure to the world of finance but i fell in love with it uh, so then i did my mba i i did i i worked at an investment bank um for 2 years i was with goldman sachs and then i moved to payu and payu i joined like 3 years back how this helps me is that a engineering or maybe even trading or finance all of this really helps you get on top of you know analytical thinking uh, just being very comfortable with numbers uh, and in general you know having to take a step back and looking at the macro view of things looking at the bigger picture like for instance when we were at investment banking every deal will be a different deal and every company is going to be a different company you need to understand the business model of the company before you actually go into doing anything right so that business perspective uh, comes in very handy and that's what is needed right you need to be able to zoom out and look at the 30000 view of things um, yeah that's definitely one and the second probably thing would be just being able to get into new things uncharted territory just having mm-hmm. com- being comfortable with uncertainty uh is extremely important you know these are so all entrepreneurial these are two things it is very similar to that you know rohit um because when i was thinking about it i realized uh, that you know chief of staff is such a vague role there is no definition attached to it you need to so often step back and actually define it for yourself right it, it's a right. constant reinvention of what you want to do which is very similar to what an entrepreneur would have to do in his or her business so Absolutely. yeah you're right tell me something about managing people around you um, because you work so mm-hmm. closely with the ceo i'm sure there is that aura of influence um and that might create at times uh, difficulties for you you know when it comes to communicating especially with somebody who is much senior to you in the organization so how does that happen how do you get into that process of explaining the common vision agenda or strategy to somebody who is mm. you know way up the ranks and still make sure we're all moving in the right direction yeah yeah that's probably the toughest thing and if 
caught it right on like um like i said it's an individual contributor role more often than not like or at best you will have like a couple of people supporting you so uh, but you have to get these cross functional things executed which means that you're actually trying to influence people who don't necessarily report to you or like you said are often are very senior to you uh so what i have realized what helps for me what for me one thing is just building trust you know mm-hmm. even though you're a chief of staff or one individual ceo uh, but you have to work with his team with his set of cxos right so until unless you have a certain set of understanding certain set of trust with those people as well it's very tough for you to do the job and that trust building can come through different means it can come through having multiple touch points or uh you know assisting in some sort of a help that whenever any of these people need so that trust building exercise is probably the first thing that one should do and the second thing is just be open to asking for help just be very honest that you need help at in something and just go ahead and ask uh most of the times people will help you and that also helps in building like a relationship which is crucial hmm interesting also you know as i was researching on this road i just you know typed the phrase chief of staff in linkedin just to see what kind of roles are coming up hmm. and i see almost every major tech startup today is asking to recruit one um not sure how exactly they want to use them but uh because the the reason why i asked this is a lot of them are asking for people with like one year of experience i'm not sure how people okay. with with little background or uh context of business will do in this role so if you were recruiting right what what would be the traits skills otherwise out of you know mm. uh, if, if that guy does not come with a long history of experience like you how do you evaluate that person for the role um you know what before recruiting one needs to understand if do you even have a need for it uh, right um uh, and there are like a set of questions that one needs to ask themselves before actually getting into recruitment you know do you feel like you are spending way more time on fire fighting or do you feel like you're not being able to spend time on your long term vision or if you're actually willing to take feedback from someone feedback from someone who is junior to you only when the answer to these three questions are a yes that you should go into recruiting someone uh that's one aspect of it the second aspect of it as to what i will look for when i'm recruiting someone who doesn't come with the same background is just the aptitude of uh, being able to understand the business so like when i say that i am not looking for someone with a particular set of experiences you know mm. i'm not looking for someone who is say coming only from consulting or coming only from investment banking or coming only from uh marketing or anything any function would do because, because at the end, because you know that's how generally most of the roles are uh, putting out putting out their uh, experience requirements you know it's either somebody from a strategy consulting background or, or uh, investment banking like you yeah so it's it's so very well defined and you're telling me that's not a requirement yeah i i i know i'm giving up a contrarian opinion here uh, but i think the reason why people put up these roles is the skill of business savviness right understand 
business that that is a core thing when you are a strategy consultant you have done management consulting right so you're fully aware of it true that that comes bread and butter so that's why it's like an easy tick as to if i am hiring a consultant probably i'll get this definitely so but what i still believe is you should pick up people with be it marketing be it operations be it strategy you should pick up people who have a proven track record of expertise in their domain that's one and the second thing is um like even if there's an operations person who has the ability to see the business impact of his action his or her actions i think if that is there i am not going to be stuck upon a particular kind of an experience hmm interesting yeah. and tell me about managing your losses you know how do you hedge your losses because you can't make too many mistakes when it comes to this road it's very strategic how do you ensure uh, you know mistakes don't happen a and b if they do how do you fire fight mistakes will always happen human error as a term you can't let it go right it is always going to happen uh but when that so happens you like right there you're in the front lines i know but you can't help it right if you if you just try for that 100% like all you can do is make sure that you know you check things you recheck things uh you consult with the right people but you will always make mistakes trying for that utopian situation is not going to happen so might as well accept it and when you make a mistake make sure you accept it faster than anything else hmm. inform the people involved that you know what this is probably something that has gone wrong and let's fight it out uh, rather than you know trying anything else so uh, mistakes will happen what is important is just accepting it right away and firefighting it out and be honest uh, everybody makes mistakes and everybody understands that people make mistakes so it's fine interesting you know from a candidate's perspective if there is somebody who aspires to be in this role and he does not have uh, the relevant skill set or background yet how should he proceed um, you know constructing or uh, creating his own career so he can land a role as a chief of staff in a startup that's a very interesting question and a very tough one actually um if i have to approach such a situation first thing that i will do is i'm going to have to look up the startups that interest me okay uh find out the startups that interest you make a business model make a business case don't send a usual resume to that person because you don't have that kind of an experience to actually vouch for vouch for your abilities right uh so build a business case probably it can be uh you know let's assume there is a b2c startup which is planning to expand geographically uh, and you've learned that through reading about the company uh, uh build a business case for them build a go to market strategy for them reach out to the founder on a on a linkedin with this business case so that then that person has something to judge you upon you can't just share a resume right uh so you will have to put in that extra effort to show that you have the skills that are required uh to be the second second hand person for that um for that ceo right because when a startup is looking for a chief of staff they want a hustler they want an executioner someone who can get things done so you need to show that aptitude outright in front of the founder and i'm, I'm sure the founder will appreciate the effort that you've put in 
and that will give you the, at least the first conversation opportunity absolutely true i think i resonate and fully believe what what you just said um speaking of uh, you know kind of portraying what you do and how you do it um hmm. tell me something um uh, i have now looked at a crawl closely about 100 profiles of different chief of staffs across companies oh, and, wow. I see, and i see a mixed pack of people right but one thing that yeah. uh, that cuts across all of them is almost 90% of them have an mba degree right now in a world when this this you know this business program is slowly lose, losing relevance because everything that mm-hmm. is taught in those those uh, you know big bulky rooms and institutions is now available online and you can do all sorts of internships to yeah. learn skills pick them pick those young what is yeah. the role of having an mba today uh, is it do you think it's a must have to to be in this role or any other strategically important role in an organization and i'm going i'm again going to put a contrarian opinion um, because 90% of such roles are held by mbas uh, i am myself an mba but i am a strong believer that uh, this is not like a must have uh, what is a must have is an experience is professional experience so um like there is no replacement or there is no shortcut to having that experience if you want to land this job you need to know something some function of a business need to needs to be your expertise uh then you can then you can land this job you know and mba is not a must have things will change uh these mbas and brand name titles are why do companies look for such things right because you are just assuming that a few skills will be like default and then that judgment process becomes easy but uh, again to reiterate uh, mbas is mba is not a must have for this role the must have is a professional experience yeah that's like one level of filter already done for you as an organization if i think from that side yeah okay tell me and rather what yeah you- i mean that's what right it is sorry uh, it, it, from a from an organization's perspective it's a good filter uh but then i like like we discussed about how we how you approach a startup you can cut through this you know this filtering uh, route so something to think awesome tell me and rather how do you um you know um, how do i put it how do you make sure uh, that what kind of soft skills i mean what kind of soft soft skills do i need to have uh, in me if i have to do this role really well because you tell me you have to talk to a lot of people so clearly communication skills clearly stand out your ability to empathize maybe with your seniors because you have to constantly put yourself in the shoes of other people yeah. three also uh, holding back your opinion do you think that's that's important sometimes no i don't think so it's actually the opposite oh um because what happened working with very senior people right people who are much older than you people who are much more experienced than you uh then being able to express your opinion is a more important thing than holding on to them oh. uh because of whatever is the you know the tension in the room or uh just the fact that you know you worried about the hierarchy of things 
automatically you'll hold on to a lot of opinions and not really express it right. what what you need to get of is expressing your opinion saying what you want to say and trust me a ceo also wants his chief of staff to kind of uh be the you know be the ear on the ground right tell uh, her or him what the realities are things that he's probably not aware of so and that's how you will build a rapport with the ceo the the role needs to have a good relationship between the chief of staff and the ceo so until unless you you have the comfort of saying your opinions you won't be able to do that so the opposite actually interesting and that brings me to the next question which is who should not apply for this role <laughs> who should not apply for this role that's a it's a interesting one i'm just thinking uh probably people who are not comfortable with uncertainty like mm. people who require a structure or instructions uh, should not because yeah. like i said the aim is to reduce the time the the, the ceo is spending on smaller things right so right. if he she needs to give you the instructions then the purpose is being defeated you should be perfectly fine being the go getter being proactive not having any rule book to play with Hmm. And uh, what is the most difficult part of or of your job? I I feel you are very passionate about what you do, so I'm sure there must be you know your low days when things aren't really yeah, going well for you. So what are what are those challenges? How what do they look like? And uh, what's like the most difficult thing to do in everything that you do? well the most difficult thing to do is i think we touched upon it a couple of times already just being able to influence people without having any any authority you know uh it can get really challenging and that is sometimes low you sometimes feel that are you doing enough uh that question will keep popping up uh working that out is very important and that's when talking to people across the organization really helps um that's one and the second thing is probably like i said the role is uncertain you have you will have moments when you feel like you're not doing enough uh you're not contributing enough uh so finding your niche finding things that excite you and taking it up end to end would really help so definitely like just just fight out that uncertainty fight out that doubt uh, which is i think true for almost all roles uh, but it happens way too often in this role now so now i assume uh, going you know working from home all of a sudden must have been ha- must have had a big impact on your job role per se uh, can you tell me a little bit about you know how the last couple of months happened for you and how's the team coped up with this new reality fortunately for us the uh, i think we have been able to manage the entire lockdown and the entire work from home pretty well because like you know payu is a technology company so we are not really dependent on being physically in one place uh, so that helps uh, and we started acting and preparing for this kind of a situation much before the actual lockdown was imposed so that really helped us to you know keep the engine running uh, that's from an organization perspective from my perspective uh, you know what rohit i have worked with bosses who are not in the same country or not in the same city forever 
like that has been my story forever uh, my ceo is in london uh, my cfo with whom i work for finance is in dubai uh, so we we work across all time zones so i think that that just uh, that just means that it was not as difficult what was difficult is the fact that earlier in office i could just go up to anyone and just go and talk now i can't do that it will have to be like a phone conversation and a lot of things that i used to you know learn about the pulse of the company used to be when you're going to get a coffee and you bump into someone and you're having that informal conversation so now those kind of conversations are not possible so that's the kind of challenge that we face uh, but yeah i i am not complaining about work from home i live in delhi uh, i commute like i used to commute 3 hours so this has given me like a some new hours have just just jumped out of my schedule and i just i i i have zero complaints do you think uh, this is something which is going to now continue as part of a core strategy to have this balance between letting people work from home and at the same time keeping your offices lean do you see that future happening for us now i hope so that's my wish actually um i'm a strong believer of work is from there home is there a discussion like this at pay you uh well that's something that i can't really comment on <laughs> uh but as in my personal capacity if you ask my opinion i am a strong believer of work from home uh reason being you know i i know that it leads to a lot of anxiety and stuff like that uh but we need to keep in mind that we are talking about a situation where we can't even meet friends at the moment once thing those things turn back to normal uh, a lot of that anxiety will actually come under control and right. work from frees up people's time allows people to spend a lot more time with their family the stress of commuting in traffic managing those things it i think it's a it's a way to even manage your work life in addition to you know obviously companies will have lower expenses and stuff like that but as an employee i think it just helps manage work life a lot better Awesome. So I'm actually across that companies think about it positively, and that taboo of work from home breaks. Yeah, but you know, there's also research coming now from from the US. I don't remember which university, but they say on average, uh, post the lockdown across the world, work hours have increased yeah. by almost an hour and a half, varying degrees across the country. Mm. So now those demarcations are also over. And I was speaking to you know somebody right. very close to me, a guy who works for one of the largest. Uh, fastest growing you know payment startup in india and he was telling me uh, dude my sundays are gone so how does how does an organization you know keep that balance because because those lines are gone when we were in 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 a in a physical environment and then we would just snap out of it when when we were out of it but it's no longer the case how do you do you did you did these things happen at your organization and how do you think we can prevent this it is true like people are working a lot more um, the entire um, kind of demarcation that you said right that after office people will not call you unless it's urgent that thing has gone away uh, and people are working a lot harder uh, but what i think is one factor driving it is also the fact that we are currently in a crisis situation right so companies are in a supercharged up mode which once this crisis or panic situation ends kind of calm down a little bit uh, so that 
would organically only reduce this thing. But as an organization, what we have been trying to do is just sensitizing people about it, sensitizing managers about it. You just can't call someone at 10 p.m. and say that I need to get this thing done right. Or you need to be uh, sensitive about everyone's responsibilities. And this is where I put on my diversity hat. Um, like in India, we often see that women take up a disproportionate share of, share of household chores, right? So you need to be very sensitive about it. People, people have kids, like it's both male and female. They have kids who are not being able to go to school. There is no childcare facilities. They need to spend time. That kind of sensitization, active sensitization of managers is essential. And that is something that we are working at also at our organization, right? Uh, it's EQ, uh, basic EQ things that we need, all of us need to work on. It is stressful situations for everybody. Like nobody wants to call up anyone at 10 p.m. and get work done. Uh, but that kind of a balance is necessary. And I am just hopeful that once the crisis calms down, things will you know start to normalize a little bit but at the same time this intervention through sensitization of people uh, is also something that all of us need to work on so Anuradha, tell me about the way forward for this role now that you mm. are a chief of staff you work so closely with the executive team a lot of people that i have that i that i've already interviewed they tell me the next uh, next position in line for them is the ceo so <laughs> is that true do you have such aspirations? Does that also create, um, you know, any vibes, you know, with your seniors? And what if you can shed some light on the career progression of how do I, if I'm the chief hmm. of staff, what's next for me? Yeah. See, chief of staff role is actually a launch pad for the next step. Okay. Uh, by the fact that you interact with so many leaders, you sit in so many meetings, it's like a crash course to leadership. So uh, it is a launch pad. And the worst thing that a chief of staff could do is basically get comfortable in the current role and not think about what's next. Uh, that's, a, that's a very common mistake that people make. Uh, I, but whether it is, it'll be a CEO or something else, again, depends on the individual, uh, depends on what kind of a role that individual did. Because not all chief of staffs are same, right? Uh, you have different types of staff as well so but definitely i believe that after this everybody aspires and everybody should aspire for a leadership role because that's what you're being trained for that's what an organization is also investing in you for um so yeah but it's not necessarily as a You choose what you want to do. You can you can become a CFO. You can become a, a CMO. Uh, it, it depends, but yeah. Interesting. So every leadership position is open for you after being a chief of staff. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it depends on what you align to, right? Right. If um, like like we discussed previously, if I take up the, uh, and if the marketing person. Chief of staff, the marketing person can have a Right. So, you know, uh, I think a, a great interview first. Thank you for sharing all the insights that you just did. 
And I would like to wrap it up by asking you, is there anything that I missed that I should have asked and I didn't? You didn't ask me what's the most fun thing in a chief of staff. Oh, what is the most fun thing? Um, the most fun thing to be for me is the sheer uh, variety of things that you will do. There is absolutely no limit. It is only limited by your own imagination. Uh, that variety, someone like me who who gets bored very easily, uh, that variety is just such a fun. Uh, so that is the most fun thing that that Chief of Staff told us. Awesome, Anuradha. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts uh, and ideas with us. I am super excited uh, you know, that the world will be able to hear your thoughts around uh, what this role entails, how fun it is, and uh, how much they can learn through their senior seniors and grow uh, as an individual if they are in this role. Thank you so much for having me. I love the conversation uh, and I'm actually looking forward to your other series as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrada.